0: emotional consideration paid for by the following.
1: Hey bro it's RussosBrand.com Get the real shoot for the most controversial personality in pro wrestling Vince Russo. Stevie Richards Fitness. Hey don't you think it's time for a band new you? Head over to StevieRichardsFitness.com and join the SRF resistance today. ProWrestlingTees.com Get the coolest merchandise from your favorite independent pro wrestling talent worldwide. Head over to ProWrestlingTees.com and support indie wrestling today. Bro, if you're a real coffee lover, then you've got to try Broster's Limited Edition Vince Russo Bro Coffee. Available right now at www.thebrosters.com. This limited edition coffee is fresh roasted weekly and shipped directly to your door. You will love the Nicaraguan blend with roasted chocolatey notes when you smell it. Get your Vince Russo Bro Coffee today at thebrosters.com and follow them at Coffee Brosters today on Twitter. Enjoy the best coffee today, bro. From Brosters... Vince Russo Brand, and Hameen Media Group.
0: The following program is presented by the HTM
1: Podcast Network.
0: Wednesday, March 19th, 2020, and you are tuned in to HTM Sports, presented by the HTM Podcast Network Online, HittingTheMarks.com, and Hameen Media Online, HackerHameen.Podbean.com. This week's show brought to you by Broster's Coffee. Get the very same coffee that the Vince Russo is drinking. My name is Jargo. I'll be your host for the day. That's my tag team partner. He's the man, the myth, the legend, the guy who self-quarantined in OHIO. He's the real RBB Rick, welcome back to your show. It's me, it's me, it's that R&B, it's
2: Brick Victory back again, hashtag HTM Sports. And I don't know about self-quarantine, but definitely, the, the stir craziness, it is beginning to set in, Dargo, you know me, man, I'm, I'm a social butterfly. It's rare that I stay home like a single day at a time, but now here we are, I to. Mean, how long has it been since I've been out? It's just like three or four days. I, you know, I need my interaction, I need, I'm need.
0: i missing my bar store. You know, not not necessarily, it's just your bar stool. You know what I'm missing right now? Sports. A week without sports and Huckleberry, it feels like it's been three freaking months. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it really, what it speaks volumes you know, towards
2: is the impact and how influential and how important it is in, in our everyday lives. You know, just not yours and eyes, but I mean, we're talking millions and millions out there. And you can see this across social media, you know, people they're, they're hungry. They're already, you know, Dutch just going stir crazy from being confined indoors and the, the panic that's being spread. And, and even the seriousness of the situation, but America, North America, Western society, the world, we're missing our sports right now. And, and I do want to say, you know, a real quick shout out wrestling wise. That's where our roots at. And, and AEW, WWE as well. You know, pushing forward the best they can, but especially AEW. That dynamite last night was absolutely dynamite, pun intended. Uh, they knocked out the park. It was just such a a sweet release to get away from what we're seeing everywhere that you turn now. It's press conference after press conference after press conference. Just the repetitiveness of it. I don't. It's you know, as you regularly say, Jargon. It, they're just running in quicksand. Mm-hmm. You know, and on what level it is, if it's, if it's local, if it's state, if it's national, is press conference after press conference. They're saying the same thing. We're not getting any more information. But they are growing the panic. So to have that release, and I think, hey, you did a hell of a job on today's run. Uh, I think we're going to have some tr- terrific conversation about the NBA and their plan going forward. And, you know, also the, the NFL itself, it has presented itself, you know, now, now that we've really got into this free agency and this is where the offseason kicks off for me because, you know, we had all the speculation of coming out of college football, that excitement, the combine, what's going to happen at the draft. Now we've got the movers and the shakers in free agency. This is where the season starts to, to kind of take, take that shape. We're going to start seeing the direction these teams are going to go. this is where it gets exciting. This is where it heats up for the NFL.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But like you mentioned, we have to start off inside of the NBA and really start off with Adam Silver. Adam Silver sat down with ESPN's Rachel Nich- Nichols and did a full, long-length interview. I pulled some interesting quotes out of this thing. Um, Adam Silver seems to agree with us. And Adam Silver, I, at least for my money, I think he's the best commissioner in all of sports right now would you agree with that i i, I tend to agree with you there and you know to, to go a little deeper into that it seems that you
2: know he is more in touch with his audience yes or or audiences you know he doesn't really just focus in on one he realizes okay you know we have a you know a stronger pool with you know say that younger millennial group you know our our you know that core audience they're off the grid. How are we going to continue to reach and involve with them? But in inside of that, he realizes who's buying the tickets to those arenas because those are two very different crowds, two very different fan bases, and he does a great he does a great job. You know, trying to understand that wide range where you don't necessarily see that in the other pro sports leagues. Yeah, and and, you, and it seems that even so that that he's better at delegating as well. That he surrounded himself with the right people. He's very progressive. He's he's very forward. And in that sense, and as we're gonna dive into some of these takes that he's got here about where the NBA is gonna go, you know, just not here in the next couple of months, but really grand scheme of things going forward. Uh, he's really living by one of the mottos, you know, that I've been telling my clients hard times have fallen on the hospitality industry. And believe me, I've I've had some clients right now that they've thrown in the towel. That they're gonna shut down and and hope for the best. And when things turn around here, they, they'll be able to resume business as as they were. I don't have told others, you know, that they've kind of bought into what I've been pitching here. You know, those that that aim to thrive are going to be the ones that survive. And, and certainly that is the case here with the NBA. They are very be, being very aggressive and looking towards their future.
0: So clearly the the entire concept of this interview was what needs to happen for the NBA to resume and Adam Silver replies to Nichols with this. What are the conditions that we need for the league to restart? I would say that I'm looking at three different things. One is, we can restart and operate as we've known it with 19,000 fans in the building. Option two is, should we consider restarting without fans? And what would that mean? Because presumably, if we had a group of players and staff around them, and you could test them and follow some sort of protocol, Doctors and health officials say it may be safe to play. Now, Rick, you brought up AEW Dynamite. That's exactly what I've been told was going on at AEW last night. They only had 10 people in one kind of area, and then they would cycle through people. So if we have this group of 10 guys backstage right now... Okay, we're going to run through their segments, and then we're going to rotate that group of people out. We're going to rotate the next group of people in, and this is how we're going to kind of maintain things. We've got health officials at the front door. Everybody's being tested, you know, just basic medical testing. Are you feeling all right? Let me get your temperature. All these basic sort of tells that we're seeing out there for the coronavirus. All the protocols were followed alongside public safety officials from Jacksonville. So it seems as though that's one of the options that Adam Silver is looking at. Of course, that would help greatly with the TV revenue that's being lost for the NBA, like we talked about with the salary cap last week. A third option, Silver goes on to say, is the impact that the national psyche of having no sports programming on television. And one of the things that we've been talking about are, are there conditions in which a group of players could compete? Maybe it's for a giant fundraiser or just the collective good of the people where you can take a subset of players. And is there a protocol where they can be tested and quarantined and isolated in some way and they could compete against each other because people are stuck at home and I think they need a diversion. They need to be entertained. Now, Ricky, you brought up the differences between Adam Silver and all the other commissioners of the professional sports leagues. The way I see it, he is looking at this not only from a micro, he's also looking at it on a macro level for the entire country. And it's like you were saying about AEW Dynamite. That show was so refreshing last night to just sit down, shut your brain off for a couple of hours, and just be entertained. The way this reads to me, Adam Silver is seriously considering another All-Star game.
2: You know what, immediately is, is was listening to Commissioner Silver. And then going back through, there's a looking at the run and really examining his words and, you know, where his mindset is a number of things, you know, is that those marketing juices in my mind started flowing. And I, I would love, you know, what an opportunity and honor it would be, you know, to be able to sit in a brainstorming one of the think tanks here for the NBA. I love this concept to, you know, of recreating something similar to the all-star game, but, you know giving some you know giving the fans something unique something they can re- you know just lose themselves and, re- and relax a little bit one of the things that, that I thought would have been tremendous is if you can get you know a certain amount of individuals together and you create a setting much like aew Dynamite last night and it was shot so well and you, you didn't get lost like you didn't feel like you were overwhelmed. Because it was undersized.
0: And it wasn't like watching a WWE show where they have the entire like audience lit up with just a bunch of extra chairs that just serves as this creepy, apocalyptic kind of reminder of the situation that you're living in. Even just the way that they presented the show last night with darkening out the arena, it really let you get lost in the TV program.
2: And there was two things that I, that I really, and, you know, you take a set similar to that. And maybe you use some of those aspects, and I don't know. And I'm sure you've seen this, but I was, you know, a, a good fan of this thing. Uh, you know, in the first two seasons that it was there, was the Big Three League. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they they would play in these big arenas, but they would cut down. You know, you you'd see only a, use them use a quarter of it or a half of it, and it was more intimate. You shoot that thing closer to the floor. You mic up the players. So, and and especially with the NBA, where those personal brands are. So much more important than any other sport where the fans are more in touch with those personal, you know, the star brands than any other sport. You mic them up, they're having a little fun. And I was thinking of something like, you know, an NBA jam session where you can get something together and film some of these games and maybe slowly release them or or do some kind of weekend long tournament. You know, all all depending on the logistics of getting these people together, quarantine them, and you know, going through and making sure that you're following all the precautions and the regulations that are put in place wherever this thing would be held. Outside of that, you know, I I think, you know, to make a, another relation to professional wrestling. It's something that's tremendous that's been being done with, you know, one of our brothers with the Hami Media Group is is over with Chris Silvio's superstar seminars. And and you can check out uh, Chris who is superstar similar you can find him on Facebook, I mean across all social media. And what he does there is he's using, you know, the internet, social media, whatever the means might be, to kind of you know share his what he has learned in his travels and teachings through professional wrestling. And he's offering that, he's hitting, the, he's taking it to the masses. Now, we know people like LeBron, they've got a gym in their house, correct? Oh, you yeah. got other stars that have an access that they could get somewhere where it would be secluded enough for them that they could go in and, and get some kind of small filming crew involved with them along those lines. What if, you know, we saw these stars? It, it'd be great if even a couple of them could get together. You know, could, you're telling me, I mean, you get, uh, you know, a couple of the guys out there in L.A. could be, for, you know, even opposing from the Clippers and the Lakers. If they could get together in one of those secluded places and just work on drills you add that into like the homeschooling situation for kids that you reach that market, you use social media outlets for that. That's where they're hitting that fan group at your younger millennials. And, in, in, you know, the generation post that, what did you, the Y generation? Those would be some great outlets for the NBA in a time where, like I said, these leagues, these organizations that, are aiming to thrive, they're going to be the ones that truly survive coming out of this because the larger masses are going to go back to their product.
0: Yeah, no, I I completely agree. When you look at the macro, let's take a look at what Silver had to say. As I look at the options, maybe we can do this incrementally. Maybe the first step isn't games with thousands of people in the arenas. Maybe it's just games. Something I've always said is 99% of people consume our game through some sort of media platform. It's only a tiny percentage of fans who actually get to see our games in the arena. So those fans who watch on television or whatever device they have are fans just like the people in the arena. And maybe through new kinds of technology, there are ways that fans can be virtual and react to plays and make noise in the arena. Rick, we see this with kind of with esports, sports and, and we've seen this go on where they bring in these giant video screens and it's almost like, you know, you, you just Skype into whatever the number is and they put your face on a tiny little part of this video wall and you get to sit there and watch the game and you can react and you can hoot and you can holler just from the comforts of your home. I love this idea.
2: Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. It- you know, talking about the esports, it was absolutely you know, is this whole thing you know, even before the the serious, you know, regulations, restrictions, lockdowns, shutdowns, whatever we're going to go with here. It was a couple of weeks ago when we were kind of looking towards this. Drago, you had talked about the the potential for a boom in esports.
0: Yeah.
2: Now, I, and I think what's going to be really important now is for you know your leagues and organizations, if it's the NBA, the NFL. Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, the NHL, pro wrestling, whatever it might be. It, it, anything, really any kind of form of entertainment and business, is if you can interact through those methods. And now with sports, you have that direct relationship with the esports. You no, know, we're talking about getting your superstars out there, your brand's noticeable. If they're getting out there and maybe interacting with one another while the fans can kind of get into these watch parties, or get involved where it's the fans and the superstars playing against one another.
0: That's what I was thinking of. Like how cool would it be if like ESPN just did like a two hour show and it was just LeBron James sitting down on a webcam, basically streaming through Twitch playing NBA 2K against random people off of the freaking internet.
2: Absolutely. And you can go, you know, across the board like that. And, you know, maybe you set up something like that where you promote, you know, for, you know, this round or, you know, this weekend, we're going to have the stars battling it out in a tournament and you can watch along. But, oh, by the way, you know, over the course, you know, like Monday through Wednesday, we're going to have a chance where the fans can get into, you know, pool play or a tournament, whatever it might be, but then X amount. Are going to be able to next weekend they're going to play against the top stars in a winner-takes-all tournament
0: yeah and you could play like a 12-minute game and be Absolutely. done with it yes i think it would be awesome um silver also left the door open for the possibility that the league could see its entire calendar get reshaped by these current events some inside the nba most notably the Atlanta Hawks CEO, Steve Coonan, have been advocating for the league to change their schedule from its current October to June rotation to a December to August rotation that would avoid football. Uh, for example, Silver said those ideas are completely on the table now because of the delay that the league is going through. Rick, this is something that we, we haven't even talked about what do you think about completely readjusting the entire NBA calendar and shifting to a December through August season as opposed to October through June?
2: You know, outside of the current situation involving the shutdown and everything with Corona, I absolutely think this this is brilliant, and this is something I thought you know that I think this should have been you know heavy conversations involving this before this situation. But, I mean, let's let's really look about. When the season heats up, we regularly mention this. I mean, I, so many feel this way. You know, the real start to the NBA season is, are the Christmas games. Right. In, in so many individuals' minds. You know, it's kind of like, okay, it's official, but you're still in that that warm-up mode. So, it's, to me, to make this move, obviously, you're not going to be able to, you know, a, a completely avoid competition with the other leagues, especially the 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 king of the mountain, the NFL. But this moves you certainly away from that, Uh, and and you're only dealing with a smaller portion of their season, albeit the hottest portion of their season. Right. But certainly less is going to be better under any circumstance going up against the NFL.
0: But then you're also shifting and you're going straight up head-to-head against baseball.
2: Well, at at this point here, so you would run – This would run when? When would they wrap theirs up? In In August. Early August? Early August. So right about the time people
0: actually start to care about baseball.
2: But you're done then. So in baseball, you get opening day, maybe with the top teams, what, two weeks before everyone settles in? Yeah. As the current way it is, your playoffs, the beep of your schedule, actually is competing with the Major League Baseball season that people care about. Now your playoffs would be falling into that baseball lull where people have kind of turn their brains off. Okay, uh, we've got a hundred and what games still to go? You know, we'll we'll start paying attention somewhere around August. Oh yeah, that's when the NBA playoffs wrap up.
0: It's it's an interesting possibility. You know, I guess I think probably the biggest thing holding this back is got to be the TV revenue and the networks because we all know that TV ratings plummet in the summer. So, of course, the networks would much rather that you be sitting at home in the middle of the winter watching basketball when you can't go outside and do anything as opposed to, you know, having the dog days of the NBA season in June and July.
2: Well, let, let me ask you this, and Jocko, play a little devil's advocate for you here. Did, did, would you see that much of a decrease? I mean, because how the importance of must-see television that, you, that you're regularly reminding us of. I mean, could that be more of a draw that now the NBA, it's the playoffs, they're heating up. Now, we know that, you know, typical television specials or, you know, their seasons, they drop. That's when they're going into their repeat mode uh, because those see a decline. But major sporting attractions don't necessarily see that. I mean, you, you've got, you know, major golf tournaments at that time. You've got uh, Wimbledon that sees a, a major Major ratings come in here. So, I mean, could the playoffs themselves, I mean, would they help? I mean, would that make their value that much greater? Because they are a commodity in a, in a low point for the rest of television.
0: It's interesting, and I think that is the argument. And that's why I think now is a perfect time to experiment with this thing. If they want to experiment with it, you it's very easy to adjust the league calendar at this point and see how the NBA does over the course of the summer. The only question is, then what does that do to Tokyo?
2: Again, you know at this point, if you're the if you're the NBA, we've had this discussion, you know what this means, for the, the overall Olympic games this year and going forward as an adjustment. The, the NBA, I mean, most importantly, you're watching out for number one. And that's going to be, that has to be their focus. And what is best for just not the overall game of basketball, but the NBA, especially as they grow as a global brand.
0: Hmm. It's interesting. There, there's so much to look at. You know, it used to be, I feel that the
2: NBA probably is in a situation where they, as for a, from a business standpoint, they used to look at the Olympics as this is tremendous for us. This is a tremendous jumping in point for us trying to expand our global brand. But I think that they have been so aggressive with it and they have made the right maneuvers that they've kind of grown beyond where they need that, that bit of that. I don't want to say crutch, but aid from the Olympic events.
0: Well, I mean, if anything, if you want to talk about the Olympics, as far as the NBA is concerned, it's basically a billion dollar ad campaign that they don't have to pay for. You just have to let your players participate in it. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, right? I would, you know, I'd say is, is we're talking this thing out and what, you know, saying what
2: about the Olympics? I think you'd agree here 100%. We're to the point, the NBA, as you said, they're, they're getting marketing out of this. But the Olympics themselves, they need the NBA way more than the NBA needs the Olympics.
0: Yeah, it's that's the main event. Clearly, when it comes to the Summer Games, it's it's USA basketball.
2: Absolutely, you know, it's it's booking Brock Lesnar on the card, and people show up for that, and hopefully that the other events that can attract them. And I think you know you've seen that is is maybe like the rise in swimming and gymnastics. Yeah, it, but people were coming. For basketball.
0: Yep, absolutely. But, Schiff, let's talk about the NFL because it has been an insane week in the NFL, and it has nothing to do with the coronavirus. So right now the NFL is my favorite topic on the face of the planet. One big story that we've got to hit right off the top, Huckleberry, Stephon Diggs to the Buffalo Bills. That was the single biggest move that was made this week because after Stephon Diggs joined the Buffalo Bills – and not the New England Patriots. That's when Tom Brady made the phone call to Robert Kraft and said, I'm out.
2: Wait, I think, you know, even out, really, who's the big winner here in a double whammy? Is Buffalo! The big- Fuck yeah! I mean, do you believe now that they have positioned themselves as the, the go-getters, the favorites in the AFC East?
0: I think they have to be. I, I don't think anybody trusts the New York football jets. And if they do, they're they're absolutely insane. Well, I, I
2: would I'd actually say, you know, in that the Jets are the ones, you know, and there's still some names out there. They they have to make some sort of move. They haven't done anything.
0: No, and then you have the Miami Dolphins who are basically trying to become New England South, and that never works. We've seen other teams try that, it just doesn't work. Then you've got the Patriots. Do you trust Jared Stedham to lead you to the promised land? No, don't think so. So I that leaves Buffalo. You no, know, here at this point, this is where this gets interesting. And, and now sitting here on March,
2: what is it, 18th, 19th, 19th, March 19th. Sitting here, I, I have to slightly, on paper, give that edge to the Buffalo Bills. You know, out of the gate, you know, they, they made their their maneuvers. But you know, last year if they were that team. Uh, they continually kept hitting their head on that ceiling. Ah, uh, they—they were that mid-card talent trying to break through to the main event, but every time they had that look like they were gonna do it, they kind of got put back in their place, and and now it looks like okay, they're making all these moves. Next season's gonna be the time that they're they're gonna leapfrog to the top of that thing. Inside of that, though, sure, the Patriots didn't get the big signing. Sure, they they've lost the goat. The, the face of the franchise or, you know, the co-face, if you will, of that franchise on field leader, they've lost him, but you got to believe that there's enough tricks still up those cutoff sleeves or tucked back in that hoodie that do not count them out. You bring in a serviceable serviceable quarterback and you fill in just a, a few I mean, that team was not, looking back at it, you know, people, oh, they were it was the worst Patriots team we've seen in decades. They they're falling 13 apart. Games. Yeah. They were the two seed. And we're calling it we're calling it a miserable failure of a season. It's the worst team they we've seen there in decades. There were they're only a, two or three pieces away from getting back to where they were. You bring in a, a man manage, you know, a manageable quarterback that can play in that occasional, you know, stretch that field screen system And I don't think that they're really going to miss a beat. I'm going to say maybe they step back a little bit this year. But then going forward, I I still think this is, you know, they're the Kings. This is their division until someone can prove otherwise. I'd say the same thing about the NFC West. I know the Niners made it to the Super Bowl. That all since the first, they had that thing until they gave it away there in the fourth. But to me, that division, and I said it all through the season, it still belongs to the Seahawks. Until you can show me that you can do it more than one time, you can. Anyone can get a lucky punch in.
0: And you know what's funny about that is we talk about how the the, the NFC West still runs through Seattle. The last two Super Bowl losers came out of that division. No love for San Francisco. No love for the LA Rams. That division still runs through Seattle. Absolutely, it's, it's it's one of it's those yes. Right, look at what the Rams did last year.
2: Do it two years in a row. Hey, I know something. we're gonna make we're gonna make our way west, but I'm really looking forward to that to that division this year. I think it's gonna be one of the you know the most interesting in football.
0: I, I do like the move a lot for Buffalo, assuming that Stephon Diggs is not the diva wide receiver that he has been in Minnesota. Um, I don't know, man. It, it, it's the personality of some of these big end wide receivers, and he's not the only one on the move. I mean, we're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins here in a little bit too. But I, I feel like this is a huge move for Buffalo. I feel like they have to at least be the favorites going into next season. I, the I look at the AFC East, eight and eight, nine and seven, could win that division next year.
2: Uh, you, now you see again. Now it, it's still early. Because the Patriots, are start, they haven't showed their hand yet.
0: Well, and, and here's the other thing with the Patriots, right? Let's say the Patriots go 4-12 and 12 next year. Does anybody blame them? Like, we talk about with WWE all the time how they don't have any good faith. They don't have any equity with the fans. The Patriots have 20 years worth of equity with their fans. If they go out and they just completely tank this year but it results in them getting Trevor Lawrence. Does anybody care that the Patriots tank this year? No, I think, you know, that will be, it'll
2: be a haters ball.
0: Oh yeah. They'll they'll love the shit out of it until when the number one pick, the new England Patriots select Trevor Lawrence quarterback from Clemson. And then the rest of the league goes, fuck.
2: But here's, you know, the thing is, even with what they've got there, what's in the cupboard and you know and this is bef- and i I'm, I'm i'm putting 100% confidence behind them making moves to be a playoff contender
0: well so far the only moves that they've made is to basically send all of their high end defensive players out of new england i mean like they look like they are in full on rebuild mode and i mean how long does the patriots rebuild last i mean pa- Belichick gets what maybe a year
2: you, you know tops
0: I mean, if John? they go out there and Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl in Tampa this year and the Patriots finish 4-12, and are we talking about Bill Belichick on a hot seat?
2: Really? I, I think they know going in here, and this is, you know, it's, I, I think, yeah, there is more upside in the sprint for Brady. But in the long haul, I, you're going to see more, you know, success going forward from Belichick. I, I, I just had the confidence. You're talking about that 20 years. That they have built, that they have shown us what they can do. I'm not going to dismiss that simply because of the exit of Tom Brady.
0: It, it, it's basically a divorce. That's basically what's going on here. Is you know, Tom and Bill don't love each other anymore, and they're going their separate ways. And in the short term, Tom is going to date a supermodel, maybe go out and win a Super Bowl down in Tampa, and everybody's going to be like, "Boy." Tom's doing great, and Bill's just going to be sitting back, and it's going to look like he's losing the divorce, and then he's going to go out, and he's going to end up with Trevor Lawrence, and then you go, "Fucking, you got eighty-five year old Bill Belichick, been to nineteen Super Bowls in his fucking career, like Jesus Christ." You got to yeah, look I, at the I, micro I, and the I, macro.
2: I, I, I love your comparison there. This is like a divorce, but I want to do a little a little spin on this. You know, this is like you know that couple that breaks up, and you're kind of like, man, he should have never been with her. I mean, she's out of his league, and that's that's Brady. He's the he's the hot commodity, the good looking, can't believe she was with him, you know, individual in this relationship. And, and now she's she's hanging up with that that hot young hipster, you know, Mr. Cool Tampa Bay. But the one that's still got the house and the car yep. and all the financials.
0: Exactly. Is Bill. Yep. And old sugar daddy's gonna
2: go find himself a
0: hot new, you know, QB mama. (laughs) You betcha. But let's move to the city of strip clubs, and that's a shoot, brother. Let's talk about Tampa Bay, fucking Florida, new home for Tom Brady. Uh, Rick, we talked about Brady going to the LA Chargers because we knew that the Chargers had to sell tickets. They're going into that new stadium, and they need something box office to somebody like a Tom Brady to come in and be able to sell tickets. Well, Tom Brady sells tickets. The fans crashed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers website for tickets the other night. At one point, the queue was over 6,000 deep. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were number 30 in attendance last year, averaging 51,898 fans. Now, it's not like they're going to make a whole lot more money But one of the things that is underneath of this collective bargaining agreement, yeah, all the owners, they share in the revenue, but they are getting gate receipts from all of the different venues. And you can bet when it comes up to a team like, I don't know, Cincinnati wanting to move to a city like, I don't know, St. Louis, one of the first things that all the owners are going to take a look at is going to be those gate receipts. Tampa Bay just moved up. They're not going to be number 30 in attendance this year.
2: You uh, say that. You know, we were mentioning Tampa at 30. Let's look at the two teams that they had beat. They beat a soccer stadium and the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's, it's pretty sad.
2: If it already wasn't sad enough around here, Jargo, we're quarantined, the bars are closed, and it is pouring down rain, and you want to talk about our attendance.
0: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man. I'm sorry. Uh, One other thing that I think uh, is interesting about Tampa Bay this year, and Rick, they're all in. They are going all in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year. Tom Brady can actually do something that's never been done before in NFL history. The Super Bowl this year is in Raymond James Stadium. Tom Brady could become the first home team starting quarterback to play in a Super Bowl and I don't even feel ridiculous in saying that. I So let's look at the Bucks from last year. They lose nine games. Nine games. They go seven and nine. Six of those nine games, they lost by a touchdown or less. They could have easily been a 13-3 and three football team if Jameis Winston didn't just make a lot of really, really stupid mistakes. It, Tampa Bay was not that far away from being a potential Super Bowl contender last year. Hell, they're at the end of the season. They were one of those teams nobody wanted to play. They won four of their last six. Rick, am I crazy here? Does this look like it could potentially be a Super Bowl team just by adding Tom Brady?
2: Well, I think you've really upped the ante there. But, you know, as I was putting over the the NFC West there, let's talk about excitement. You know, you got it inside here, this NFC South. Uh, a lot of moves made around in that division and, and everybody across the board bolstering up, you know, that lineup, those rosters. It's going to be exciting, but certainly, I mean, you're looking, you go look at their schedule right now. They have got very winnable. It's very favorable at home. The road isn't that bad. You know, I, I really think you are looking at, I think, you know, on the low end for those guys, uh, 10-11. I think that 12 win is very realistic, or possibly you could see them get up to that 13.
0: Yeah, I don't think it's unrealistic to think of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a one or two seed going into the playoffs next year. Assuming everybody stays healthy, of course. That's as- always the absolutely.
2: caveat. And everything else, and you've got other questions there. Uh, the defense... They're going to need to shore up some spots there. You know, just play a little more hard nose. And I think maybe that'll come with not be putting in so many, you know, awkward predicaments with th- those turnovers where your back's against that wall. Uh, so that's certainly going to help their defense. Uh, but how is that offense going to address? I mean, this has been a down the field, aggressive team where we know that Brady is more, you know, he's more adapt, more equipped inside of that screen system. Uh, so, you know, as a franchise, they're going to have to make those adjustments. They got a very talented young receiving corps here, but, but they're they're down the field. They stretch it. Do they have those tools, you know, have those individuals that can make those adjustments? Do they need to go find those those individuals?
0: If the complaint was Tom Brady doesn't have any weapons. Well, you can get rid of that. Uh, they already have Chris Godwin, one thousand three hundred and thirty three yards in twenty nineteen. They already have Mike Evans, 1,157 yards in 2019. Both those guys made the Pro Bowl. Oh, yeah, they also have Rashad Perriman, 645 yards in 2019. He's clearly a jobber. And now they're talking about bringing in Antonio fucking Brown. Rick, I can't believe that this is still a thing that we're still talking about Antonio Brown and the potential of him playing in the NFL but he has pledged his full support to Tom Brady on Instagram and in every other public forum that he can run his big fat mouth in. And Tom Brady seems to love Antonio Brown. Is that, is that part of the caveat of this? Like when they went in to sit down and Tom Brady sits down with the Chargers and he says, if I come to L.A., I want to bring Antonio Brown with me. And the Chargers say, fuck you, we're out. And the Buccaneers are like, eh, well, let's talk about this. Maybe we can make this work.
2: Absolutely. I I don't think the Chargers, if he actually threw that out there to anybody, I don't think they'd be turning down, especially the Chargers, you know, knowing the predicament that they're in. But, yeah, it's it's funny. You know, a few hours before we went to to record here, I was having this conversation with uh, a great supporter of the show, a friend of each of ours, Eric Lake, and we're having this conversation and you know he he's just asking over and over like why why do we continually going back to this Antonio Brown story you know they're continually going to the well on this thing I said well in New England uh, you know it was never really outspoken but I always had the suspicions that this was kind of something being pushed by the Brady camp mm-hmm. by by his people and and now that we're seeing this resurface in Tampa you have to believe that's the same case you know it's it's that Brady camp. It's Tom himself, it's people that are representing him, agents, whatever his his brand representatives, whatever that case might be. There's something that these two, uh, whatever the connection is, but you got to believe it's a lot of Brady seeing what he can get away with. How much muscle can he flex and pull does he have? You can make the comparisons to when Peyton Manning went to Denver and they pretty much said, dude, Whatever you want team to do, yours.
0: we're doing. Yeah, you
2: run. You you run.
0: Here's the here's the keys to the facility. Ran the meetings. He he ran all of the walkthroughs. He basically was the offensive coordinator for the Denver Broncos for those couple of seasons. And it wouldn't surprise me if it ends up the same way. I guess the biggest question is: is there any logical way that that works? Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Rashard Perriman, and Antonio Brown all on the same team. There's only one football.
2: What, and again, this it's goes back to I, I could see if if Antonio Brown was bringing something unique to the table, but he's just a, you know, the treads are worn out older version of what they have essentially. And it know stretching that field.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. One big re signing that the Buccaneers actually did pull off. They resigned Jason Pierre Paul. Two years, $27 million. Solid up that uh, that front line. Let's let's shift. Let's talk a little bit about the Patriots. Because Rick, do you believe on any plane of existence that Jared Stidham is going to be the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots this year? Uh, zero. Okay, so so who is it? Is it Andy Dalton? Is it Cam Newton? Is it Jameis Winston? Do they go out in the draft and pick somebody up? Like, What do you think is the best option for the Patriots at this point?
2: I think you get a combination of, you know, you're locking in one of these established players inside the league right now who is kind of that short term that can come in, is going to be not just serviceable, that's going to you know manage that position, fill that role, if you will. And, and then they're going to look towards that draft. And if they feel comfortable, because, I mean, we, t- we talk about this all the time. You know, this isn't like going out shopping for toilet paper right now where the shelves are empty. This wow. QBs are us. They are overflowing with QBs right now. Yeah. Uh, this is going, this is a deep class. So, you know, they're going to look there. And if they feel that, you know, the Patriots, they always do their homework. They, they know someone's going to fit their system who can be someone they can trust going forward. If they see that option this year, they will take that. Then you can always play your hand next year. I'm sure in their mind, they're not thinking, okay, you know, let's get through this one. We'll worry about that early pick next year. They're going full force. You're talking about Brady wanting to make history, you know, representing the first, you know, starting quarterback to play in his own stadium in a Super Bowl. You got to believe there's a drive for the hoodie to be that opposing coach on the other side.
0: How poetic would that be? You talk
2: about an you talk about an epic showdown. I mean, everything that we've seen from I'm not a big Comic Bot guy, but it's got to be up there with you know these uh, super worlds collide Marvel verse things, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. You betcha. Uh,
2: I mean, that, that's got to be the biggest marquee head to head matchup of all time. I don't care what genre that we're talking about. You, you put the Hoodie versus the Golden Boy, the Goat inside the Super Bowl in Tampa. They're looking at going forward here, and if the Patriots right now, if they go get whoever they put in that situation, they're going to want to give them all the the keys to success, because you know if they can if they get back to the playoffs, they can have that success and they make a run through there. It's it speaks to the system itself and not the player. You begin to question: is the goat the goat?
0: Well, you talk about those huge matchups. One thing that Breeze or that Brady going to uh Tampa Bay, I kind of spoiled it there. We're going to get Brady versus Breeze twice next year. Once in Tampa, once in New Orleans. And if that's not box office, I don't know what in the hell is. Drew Breeze resigns with the Saints, 2 years, 25 million a year. Basically the same deal that he was already on, given the Saints at hometown discount because you know, he's Drew Breeze and that's what he freaking does. You looking forward to Brady versus Breeze?
2: I think what really adds to this, outside of just the mystique of these two, and when we have these conversations about the all-time greats and the impact that they've had in the NFL, these two right here, they are neck and neck for how many all-time records currently mm-hmm. running? I mean, there's probably a handful, isn't there?
0: Yeah, and the biggest one it, is touchdowns. They could easily go back and forth two, three times this year.
2: You've got touchdowns inside regular season. You got touchdowns, playoffs touchdowns overall. You know, wins, whatever it might be. These two, I mean, this you know this could this is going to be absolutely epic. We're going to get this for a couple of years. This is something you got to believe. You're sitting there writing those schedules for TV and looking at these networks trying. Hell, you could get into huge bidding wars over these things right here inside themselves. Fox wins. They, they,
0: Fox wins. They have the NFC.
2: Absolutely. Unless They're NBC is like out.
0: bullshit, we're flexing that shit to Sunday night.
2: Yeah, and see, and this is we're going to get into these things, these different provisions that are wrote in that They can flex their muscles to try to protect these games. Uh, I could see hell it, any either time these two line up, they could move that. That could be selected as the Sunday night feature, and I think that works. I That's got to be the last looking.
0: game of the season, right? Bucks and Saints.
2: Yeah. You'd think so. I mean, the way everything's playing out. Because I don't want to sell this other, the rest of this division short. I, I know the Falcons; they have been kind of sleeper. I mean, they are like, you know, the Jekyll and the Hyde. You, know, you get them one year, you think, oh my God, this is this is it. You know, they're putting this thing together, and then they absolutely fall apart. They're getting, you know, a top draft pick. They're up and down. They get some big ones. You know, they some big ones over the Saints last year, late in that year, where they showed something. Uh, they're in that they're in that distance from the that rearview mirror. So what I really don't want to sell short here is the Carolina Panthers and you know them picking up the addition of Teddy Two Gloves.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about him water. here in just a second. Uh, one guy that we do have to talk about before we move on from this whole Brady thing, um, Rick, Rick, you were asking who do, who do the Buccaneers got that they could just run a little screen pass out to right? Well, shortly before we started recording today, Todd Gurley was cut by the Los Angeles Rams. It's going to save the Rams about $10.5 million this year in guaranteed money. Huckleberry, we were already hearing the reports that it was very, very possible that they were trying to trade Todd Gurley to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to pair him up with Brady in this ridiculous wide receiver core. I almost feel like that's a foregone conclusion that Todd Gurley is going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. And let me tell you, that motherfucker can catch some screen passes. I mean, it's perfect.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, you have the health issues, though, as well. Clearly. Uh, so you need to go in, go in there with some depth. Well, one and thing I, that know, would
0: be nice when you got this already existing wide receiving core, if they add Antonio Brown to that wide receiving core, you're not going to be able to play eight men in a box against Todd Gurley because you're going to have to cover those wide receivers.
2: Absolutely. And again, as we're talking about the the screening system, as we, we've kind of dubbed it here, it is more about spreading the field under that Brady style. And that's what you'll have there. And I guess you could add those different layers, you know, instead of just that dump and run there, you could go to that three layer past tier, which absolutely Breedy could thrive under. And, you know, it, it would keep people honest, keep them on their toes because you've reinvented, you know, number 12.
0: Yeah, If he is number 12, because number 12 is already taken in Tampa Bay. And the guy that holds number 12 is like that old fucker. We'll see if I want to give him my number. Yeah, see if you're a member of the fucking Tampa Bay Buccaneers next week. See how that works.
2: man, man come on. You float a couple nudes of Giselle over there or something. We'll give we that have, number up.
0: We have Google,
2: like. Do we- no, I'm talking personalized one, like Patreon style.
0: Patriot or Patreon. <laughs> Let's talk about the Colts.
2: Maybe you have her give give the dude the old Robert Kraft special.
0: <laughs> it is Florida. Uh, let's talk about uh, Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers to the Colts. It's only a one-year deal, $25 million. Huckleberry, what do you think of this pickup for the Colts? Do you like Phillip Rivers in Indy? When these
2: rumors started, the talks about Phillip Rivers, it was almost a lot weeks ago. Uh, agreed with it. Liked it, loved it then. I think it's a good fit for this team. I think they've got better, and they'll be competing again for this division.
0: So we know it's not going to be Phillip Rivers. We know it's not going to be Tom Brady. Rick, what the hell do the Chargers do? Like We've seen a whole lot of quarterbacks making a whole lot of moves here the last couple of days. What the hell are the L.A. Chargers going to do?
2: But you look around, who's available here, as you said, and it's starting to get slim pickings.
0: It's got da- to it, be Cam or it's got to be Jameis at this point. Either that or you're starting a rookie quarterback.
2: I, I'd look for both of them. You know, inside of this trade, though, with Cam, I mean, you can get him pretty much on the cheap. Uh, is he going to want to come in? Is he going to want an extension? And at that point, are you willing to invest that much in him? You know, you're, you know we were just talking before we started recording here. Huge concerns with health. And then outside of that, outside of the physical, the mental side of it. And we're making a comparison to Jameis Winston and that you don't really have the health concerns. Now, there is the the style of play and the turnovers that are, are a major concern. And he certainly has the, the, those mental issues. But you know what you get with Jameis Winston where you don't necessarily know that with Cam.
0: And would you trust Cam in a market like Los Angeles? I mean, not that you would trust Jameis, but I mean, Cam just seems like he is far off the deep end at this point. Do you really want to unleash him in Los Angeles?
2: Well, I mean you this is what you know you, you pay your scouting department for, and believe me, you look at every aspect when you're bringing somebody in making this investment, you know do you do you kind of get through to him and say, this is an opportunity. You know, come in here with that that chip on your shoulder. We know this is a bad breakup. We're, we're talking about those marriages breaking up, you know, in the Northeast. This is a bad breakup in the Carolinas. Oh, yeah. This is not going well at all. I mean, this is pretty much, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I moved all her shit in, but I need you out by next weekend.
0: Yeah. Cam's actual words, this, he posted this on Twitter in like the most fucked up text font that you've ever seen in your life. Stop with the wordplay. I never asked for it. There is no dodging this one. I love the Panthers to death, and I will always love you guys. Please do not try to play me or manipulate the narrative and act like I wanted this. You forced me into this. Those are Cam Newton's own words. Like He doesn't want to leave Carolina. Carolina said, why don't you go out and find yourself a trade? You ever Have you ever heard of that before? Have you ever heard yeah. of a team going to a player and saying, hey, you go find yourself a trade and we'll see what we can do?
2: Absolutely. And and you know, it's in every, when you, when you kind of put that out on the table, it is, Hey, we will take anything to unload you.
0: Would you offer anything more than a, than like a seventh round pick? Well, and I think,
2: you know, your bigger issue is not just what you're giving up for it. It's absorbing his salary. Well, and inside of that, I think, you know, does he have an option on it? I, I saw this, I saw the statistics on this. I know it's, it is guaranteed for one more. Is he gonna want to come in and play under that for somebody? Is he gonna want that extension? Or, or does, you know, does he come in and say, okay, you know, let me let me prove to the world this is this is the Superman Cam versus everyone? You know, let me reinvent myself. Let me go out there and show you what I can do and turn people's heads again. And then get himself back up there in the conversation with maybe not necessarily the top tier quarterbacks, but again in that second tier, where he's seeing one of those those major paydays as we're going into this this next bargaining agreement and we're seeing the market be reset time and time again. Or is he just gonna want to get his slice of the pie now and, and you know potentially ride off into the sunset?
0: I am not a cam guy. I've never been a cam guy. I mean, Cam Newton had one good season and, and that was pretty much it in the NFL. He had one good season, that MVP season. And otherwise he's just, man, he's all right. Well, and, uh, you know,
2: I'll say that. He's just had those flashes of greatness. Yeah. And I think when you get into that predicament is we're making the comparisons here. Him and Winston are so similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I guess when it comes down to it, it's it's absolutely gonna be for these teams that are going that are looking at either of these two, it's gonna be about it's just gonna be about that financials because they're not a long-term solution. And the teams right now that outside of the Patriots that are really in need of that quarterback, that veteran, pretty much are the Chargers, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, that's not their long-term solution here. They're not gonna want to overinvest into this thing. And you know, that other name out there. Andy Dalton. I don't think he goes to LA. You don't want to send a redhead out there, man. He'll, you don't want that. That freckling is not going to work.
0: Could you imagine Andy Dalton in Los Angeles? Like, I, I, just feel like, even just saying Andy Dalton, Los Angeles, it feels like Andy Dalton would just be dwarfed in that market. Like, you know, the the good old hometown boy going out to the big city.
2: like you know, like well, like when Mayberry. When Andy and Opie went out for the Hollywood shoot.
0: Yeah, very much so. Very much so. He'd just be walking around looking at all the lights. Wow. Hey,
2: to go back to it just real quick, because I didn't really give you an answer on it. We're talking about the the answer in New England. I, I believe it's Andy Dalton. I think he'd go up there and thrive.
0: Well, I think he could go up there. I don't know about Thrive. Christian McCaffrey, he's real happy. Back to the playoffs, baby. Back to the playoffs. Christian McCaffrey, he's got to be a real happy guy down there in Carolina. Teddy Two Gloves, the new starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Rick, I like this move a lot.
2: Yeah, and you talk about a big win in division. Well, anytime that you can see that threat. You know, at least leave that team, even in that backup situation, what he brought to the Saints, you know, you get a little sigh of relief if you're one of those those division foes. But then especially that you can bring him on board with you, you know, everything he's capable of. And now you've got that little inside advantage as well.
0: I'm so happy for Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, I, I I was a big fan of Teddy Bridgewater when he was in Minnesota. Of course, Carly's a Minnesota Vikings fan. I really enjoy watching Teddy Bridgewater. He seems like a very decent, humble, great young man, human being. And then to see the way that things ended in Minnesota, and then he goes to New England, and he goes to New Orleans, and it seems like he's kind of getting bounced around, and you just want to see him get that shot after that awful injury. Breeze goes down. Teddy comes in, lights the league on fire for five games, and now he got himself a new starting gig. I'm very, very happy for Teddy Bridgewater. Seems like one of the good guys in the NFL.
2: It sees sees the opportunity.
0: Yeah, looking forward to that. Let's talk about Dak. Dak is the franchise in Dallas, and I don't mean that in a good way like we used to call Sting the franchise. He hit the franchise tag. Uh, they also go out. They sign Gerald McCoy for three years. They re-sign Sean Lee. They re-sign Amari Cooper for five years, $100 million, $60 million of it guaranteed. They, they lose Jason Witten to the Raiders, which nobody cares about because the Cowboys fans were just over Jason Witten. But Dak gets the franchise tag. Rick, this is not going over very well in the Dak camp from what I hear. It sounds like this could be just a powder keg waiting to explode, especially without OTAs, without training camps. They play in the Hall of Fame game, the very first game of the season, and unless they get this contract figured out, I don't think Dak Prescott is going to be the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. I think he's going to hold out.
2: I absolutely was gonna. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. Yeah, I was gonna say about the situation, uh, the franchise tag. It is essentially the coronavirus in the Big D, because Dak's gonna stay at home.
0: Mm-hmm. If anything, he's gonna go down to Cabo, just like Zeke did last year. It, he
2: is. Uh, he's going to go on lockdown. Shut it down. He is not happy with this here. Now stepping back from this, you know, you, you look at every everyone else getting paid. Dallas putting things together. Is, is, do you believe? What do you stand on this, Jaco? I mean, is Dak overstepping his boundaries? Is is he worth this to this franchise?
0: <sighs> well, a the, 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 couple different questions there. <laughs> um, is he worth it to the franchise? No, I would not pay Dak Prescott. $35, $38, 40000000 million a year, $200 million, $100 million guaranteed. I would not pay Dak Prescott that. I don't think that Dak is worth that. I would go a different direction. But I'm with Dak. Uh, Dak Prescott, as a fourth-round pick, has yet to make $2 million as an NFL starting quarterback. Dak Prescott has done everything that the Dallas Cowboys have asked him to do, and they just keep jerking this kid around. They keep saying the right things. Oh, Dak, you're the franchise. You are the future of the Cowboys. You're our guy. We love you so much. But we're gonna pay everybody else and not you. If I'm Dak, I'm fucking pissed.
2: Well, you know, the reason I asked you that there, and, I, and you, you set it up perfectly, because so often from fans, you know, we tend to take uh, we we align ourselves with the stance of the team. Because as a fan, you feel like you're more loyal to the franchise, to that city that they represent, you know, instead of the individual players. Because they come and they go, and, and you hear, you know, and we regularly see their names over owners or front office individuals, GMs, whatever it might be. So we can focus in more on the player, and it's it seems like they are the ones. They're making the demands. I need this. I won't go play this game if you don't pay me this, where people see, oh, well, I'd go do that for free. Well, that's great. Because – that's not your profession. You don't have that skill set. You're not at that level. You don't have those abilities. He is there as a profession, trying to set himself up. One of, you know, one of the, the top talking heads, analysts, someone that's been inside this game, truly understands it. Trent Dilfer laid this out. He said something that was very profound, really, really hit home with me. Totally hit the mark, if you will. It is. It is Dak's job. It is his responsibility not just to take care of himself and his family for you know the now and the future, but it is his job as a higher profile player in this league, and especially in the quarterback position, for him to continue to grow the marketplace value at that position. That's why you continue to see players, even if we're oh my I can't believe they gave who this and what this. That is the job each and every contract is to reset the market. And that is your responsibility to your brethren inside that union.
0: Well, you, you bring up resetting the market, not to go back in time here. What does Todd Gurley getting released by the Rams do to the running back market? The Todd Gurley contract reset the running back market, and here we are a year removed and get the fuck out of here. We're not paying you that much money. Absolutely.
2: Which speaks, you know, to the overall situation of if you're there, you you better get it while you can.
0: This is As, why that CBS tomorrow was a bad is not idea. a given. Well, I'm sorry, what was that?
2: Well, it's you know, tomorrow's not a given. Yeah,
0: no, very much so. Um, Amari Cooper, five years, hundred million dollars, gets franchised. Right, that that just blows my mind. Uh, one guy who we know is not going to be in play for any of these quarterback jobs following Jason Witten to the Raiders is Marcus Mariota. So what the hell, man? Like what is, is Mariota just going to accept being a backup to Derek Carr or, or are the Raiders going to move off of Derek Carr? Is Derek Carr going to be in play because of all these other quarterbacks that are still out there. Derek Carr's the one I want if he's going to be in play.
2: Yeah. If they're going to entertain offers or conversations about a move for Derek Carr, you got to believe even some of these teams that believe they are set at quarterback would be making calls.
0: God, you would think so.
2: And and you talk about somebody, uh, the Rodney Dangerfield, the NFL. I mean, can he get some respect out there? Derek Carr, he's got all the tools, the makings of a true standout, a face of your franchise. And the Raiders just continually to just, I, I don't know what you would say. They just don't like him. They just
0: don't like Derek Carr. The whole Carr family must be cursed. I'm not bringing any cars in as my quarterback. Not happening. Let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins and the worst trade in the history of professional football. DeAndre Hopkins joins Kyler Murray in the desert. This is surely going to help the Arizona Cardinals. 2019, they averaged 217.3 passing yards per game. That was 24th in the league. Wide receiver targets averaged 7.1 yards per attempt. That was 29th in the league. Well, DeAndre Hopkins is going to change that. Bet your ass. Rick, this one's interesting to me, and this kind of goes back to the Brady thing, and we were talking about all those wide receivers. The Arizona Cardinals are now running what is called the Air Raid offense. Have you heard about this? Four wide receiver set. 328 snaps in 2019 that they ran four wide receivers. That was the most in the league. In fact, it was more than teams two, three, four, five, and six combined. But, you know, four wide receivers and you've got DeAndre Hopkins, you're not going to be able to double team DeAndre Hopkins. Rick, this is going to get real interesting real quick out there in the desert.
2: Wow, you're talking about the number of four wide receivers. I mean, that's just a little bit more than, than Hopkins has kids, isn't it?
0: Well, you mean Philip Rivers? Uh,
2: no, no. I mean, Hop- say, uh, Hopkins kid. might
0: have that many kids, right. but I'm pretty sure Philip Rivers has at least 328. Philip Rivers has so many kids that thanks to the coronavirus, he can't even be in the living room with his entire family.
2: Maybe that's why, you know, the gate was so small at, at the Chargers games. Because they were comping all of those for his kids. But hey, I think Hopkins with baby mamas probably surpasses that. So uh dude likes to get around, but now he's taking taking those that taking all of his his skills, his game to the desert. Absolutely. This is a an incredible win for the Cardinals who you know that they, they showed those glimpses and they're in that very tough division there, and That's why I'm very excited top to bottom this, to to watch this thing throughout all of next season to see how the west the wild wild west shakes out it's going to be exciting out there
0: it's going to be a shootout that's for sure uh in return for deandre hopkins the houston texans get david johnson and his 13 million dollar a year contract even though he hasn't barely played for the last two years because you know they paid him a whole bunch of money uh 13 million even though he's from my hometown um, I'm gonna say that that's about 11 million dollars overvalued at this point. What in the fuck are the Houston Texans doing?
2: Yeah, this is this is one of those you know potentially move backwards to move forward or uh, hopefully that you can attempt. Uh, but you got to believe that they've got something in there here where they could, they can do a cut somewhere uh, to just drop it.
0: A- I think they're just idiots. I think they're just idiots. They they moved Javion Clowney last year and they got basically nothing for him. They traded for Laramie Tunsil last year, and we all thought that was a great move. They haven't re-signed him. Now they trade DeAndre Hopkins for an overpaid running back. Like, I like Bill O'Brien as a football coach. I don't think he's worth a shit as a general manager. Like, Bill O'Brien, I don't know how he's still employed at this point.
2: Well, I mean, could, could you have a – is this like the opposite of what we're used to in, in professional sports where it's like we've got our three-year rebuilding plan? Is
0: this like a three-year like destruction plan? Like It's feeling more and more like the Philadelphia 76ers. And I, I just don't trust the process. Instead of hashtag trust the process, what we have is hashtag free Deshaun. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, 29% of Deshaun Watson's passes in 2019. So instead they're going to replace him with Randall Cobb. They gave Randall Cobb three years, $27 million. At least they gave him three years so he won't be on a new team next year because nobody can seem to get along with Randall Cobb for more than a year, which is unfortunate because I always really, really like that kid. He runs like a freaking demon. I don't know what to make of the Houston Texans at this point. I just feel like that entire franchise is a mess. If I'm Deshaun Watson and they come to me and say, all right, Deshaun, you you got your three years in the league. Let's talk about that extension. Fuck you. I'm getting the fuck out of here. (laughs)
2: <laughs> and, and you know the saddest part about this is, bus, As much as a mess As the franchise seems They still find success because they're in a, in a mess Of a division
0: Yeah, they could be a playoff team next year And it's a mess Let's talk about a, a playoff team From this year This is one I just don't understand The Tennessee Titans re-signed Ryan Tannehill I'm fine with that Four years $29.5 million a year And they franchise tagged Derrick Henry. Rick, we talked about this. We've talked about this until we're blue in the face. And we said this has to be addressed underneath of the new CBA, them fucking over these running backs. They didn't address it in the CBA. And now Derrick Henry has been franchise tagged. And it would not surprise me if Derrick Henry is out of the league in three years. Uh,
2: Absolutely. And this is this is one of those casualties as you're looking at one of the areas that that they didn't feel was a need to address. And I guess this is on on both fronts, you know, because once again, the players union and very by the slimmest of margins, they've gone ahead and okayed this thing. And and you're going to have some of those soldiers that are left behind or I guess not left behind, but are, are that front line that, you know, aren't coming back. And that seems to be the running back position.
0: Just awful. Uh, Speaking of awful, Vikings extend Kirk Cousins for another two years. What the fuck are they doing? Really? Really? You're going to extend Kirk Cousins? Really?
2: He's got to have some dirt on some SOBs up there.
0: Holy shit. Speaking of dirt, let's talk about the Bears. Because I'm ready to bury them already. Rick, I have a lot of friends that are Bears fans, and I feel so badly for them. I really do. Because that franchise, 2016, top pick, Leonard Floyd, gone to the Rams. Top pick, 2017, Mitchell Trubisky, picked over Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. And it seems like he, he very well could be the backup quarterback going into this year. They give Robert Quinn $30 million, which... Sounds like that would have been a good idea a couple years ago, but this is going to be his third team in three seasons, and now he's 30 years old. But, you know, at least we brought in the guy who beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, Nick Foles. He went 0-4 in Jacksonville. He's going to make $16 million in 2020. He has three years left on his deal. Base value, $50 million. And they brought in Jimmy Graham. Yeah, that was a good deal five years ago for two years, sixteen million dollars. Rick, for the benefit of all my Bears fan friends, please tell me that this is the last year for Ryan Pace and Mike Nagy in Chicago because th- this has got to this has got to stop.
2: Yeah, this is this is kind of like. You're on your deathbed You gotta spend so much for you. You're just giving it all away right
0: I mean I my buddy right My buddy Joe fucking Perry Right He was so excited He was convinced Rick We're getting Tom Brady Tom Brady is coming to Chicago It's gonna happen Mike It's coming They ended up with Nick fucking Foles I mean They didn't even end up with Cam Newton Or Jameis Winston they ended up with Nick Foles, the guy who lost his job to Gardner Minshew. The Jaguars are going to take $18.75 million of the cap hit to get rid of Nick Foles. And the Bears are like, fuck yeah, that's our guy. Is Vince McMahon running the Chicago Bears? Oh, come on,
2: come on here. I, I guess it would pose a question, I mean, could the Bears... Make a move to the XFL. I'm telling
0: you, (laughs) if you look at this roster five years ago, it looks really good.
2: Well, I I, I want to, this brings up a question though, is I was looking at this thing and and I kind of knew the direction you'd be heading in here. How desirable outside of just, you know, the management of the team, how desirable still is Chicago as a destination?
0: I wouldn't touch Chicago with your dick. Like I, no way. No way that franchise is a mess I, I, I'm just
2: I'm talking all over all around as you know to move in to become a part of that community it, it's might be a little bit of a hard pill for some individuals to swallow you know it's one of our major markets I, I, I always say it is you know you, when we were there for aew I usually go up for a visit It's a great place to visit- mm-hmm. but no way in hell would you want to put your roots there.
0: no chance.
2: Uh, with everything that goes along with the bullshit involvement of, you know, being part of that city itself. Great state. Great state. Terrible, terrible ground zero there in Chicago itself. And this, this doesn't seem to be like a Bears issue. I mean, you don't see it, 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 the the socks. People aren't looking. It isn't a destination. Yeah, that little bit of that success there a couple years ago with the Cubs, you know, that doesn't seem to be that great of a destination, you know, once they finally got over, you know, that curse and all of that. Well,
0: that's Theo, man. That's that's the Theo formula. Do whatever you can to win that World Series and then get the fuck out of here before people realize that we're really fucking this franchise up from the ground up. Hey,
2: nice. well, I'm just looking at it. the Bulls, your Hawks, Ugh. you know, I, just, that's just in the, in the sports bump. Yeah, but but I'm saying, you know what, what you know these big names, coaches, free agents, whoever it might be, who wants to get themselves invested there inside of that community? The I, taxes, I just
0: the crime, the weather sucks. Like the, I mean,
2: I was, you know, all the the political games back and forth. I mean, hell, every time you go up, there, I mean, you you get right there in the heart of the city. There, you know, it was nice we were on the outskirts with at AEW. You get down there, right there in the heart. I mean. You can't go three steps without there being some kind of protest or whatever, demonstration, whatever it might
0: be. Just ridiculous, man. Just ridiculous. Poor Chicago. Uh, Let's talk about the 49ers. Thought this one was interesting. 49ers moved DeForest Butner to the Colts for their number 13 pick in this year's draft. So the 49ers getting themselves a real high-end draft pick. Moving off of Butner, though, $21 $21 million a year, second highest salary in history for a defensive tackle behind the Rams' Aaron Donald. And then they turn around and then re-sign Eric Armstead for five years, give him a bunch of that money. Rick, I thought this was an interesting one. Like, do the 49ers really need two first-round picks, let alone one of them all the way up at number 13?
2: Hey, what's the theme right now? Thrive to survive. You bet. We know the potential of this team, but what pe- what you don't, a lot of people aren't talking about is the realization what they are probably having, and the reality of the whole situation is how difficult it's not only just to repeat as your division champ; it is to get to the playoffs, but to run through that thing and get to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now, how many and how many teams see that that huge fall off of year? of getting almost, you know, either getting to the peak of it or just almost getting there, you see, you know, you come tumbling down a little bit. It speaks to this franchise realizing that they need to be progressive and keep steamrolling forward to remain competitive.
0: So as of 9 o'clock this morning when I wrote this run, here is a list of the top free agents still available. Jadeveon Clowney, Robbie Anderson, Jason Peters, Von Bell, Jameis Winston, Everson Griffin, Emmanuel Sanders, Shelby Harris, Logan Ryan, Eric Ebron, and Andrus Pete. Rick, as I look at this list, it sounds insane. I think about half of these guys end up in New England.
2: I was going to say, I was going to go with maybe a third of them.
0: Just crazy. Just crazy. So that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for listening, and if you haven't yet, please hit that subscribe button. Then visit the other platform you may not be listening to, whether it be the HTM Podcast Network online, hittingthemarks.com, Hameen Media online, hackerhameen.podbean.com. Be sure that you catch Huckleberry and I for an all-new edition of the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast over the course of this weekend. Find us Monday inside the locker room, hackerhameen.podbean.com. I don't know what the fuck we're going to talk about but I will surely dig something up. If you have any suggestions, you can send them to me on Twitter at rbv. How do the peeps, the freaks, and the geeks find you?
2: Well, you know, real quick in closing here, before I get to my own plugs, a few things I wanted to throw out there, just some overall thoughts, things to look forward here as we are wrapping up the final few episodes. You know, just not the wrestling podcast, but here at hashtag HTM Sports as well. And I, and I think I'm sure there are things we're going to touch on here. Is you know, get people, not people are talking about this right now. How the coronavirus might be infecting the NFL contracts. Now, I told you a little bit about that before we went on air in Pretty interesting. So we're going to follow. So you see an article on that. Make sure you're reading up to stay in tune with what we're going to be talking about. And a memo to the NFL. It is thank you for the excitement. Thank you for the escape. But especially you, ESPN. Inside of these reports, Leave the financial figures out of it right now. You, you want to be, be turning people on to the excitement going on inside the NFL. And for people that are worried about you know, how they're going to pay the bills, where that next check is coming from, uh, you might want to stop flaunting these, these multi-millions and millions of dollars that are being spread around the NFL. Uh, but outside of that, yes, Jargo, anybody out there can keep up with me, Rick Vickery, across all social media platforms at the real RBV.
0: shout out to the best commissioner in sports adam silver if you want to give me the main event box office you know what they do huckleberry give me lebron james versus kawhi leonard one-on-one in the battle of los angeles live on pay-per-view i'd watch the shit out of that you bet
2: like and it and put like jordan in one's corner and bird in the other
0: yes yes you know what but then at the very last second there's a swerve and it becomes a three-way with Giannis
2: no 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 foreigners are out they might be carrying something but but we're we're going back we're going true old school they can pick up you know uh, I'll throw down whatever I can scrape up left out of the savings I'll come on is official sponsor for this event RBV Fitness Big Macs for the winners
0: Fucking tremendous! We'll talk to you this weekend for the for hitting the marks pro wrestling podcast. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya.